What up, everybody? It's me. I'm back. J-Mac. Just me. No, I'm just kidding. Kyle Beats. Josh VG. Fellas, how's it going? Yeah, who's this homeless guy joining us? I don't know, dude. <laughs> Almost don't recognize this face. No, glad uh, glad you're back, man. Glad yeah. to be back at full strength. Dude, um, yeah. I'm sure the Pacers wish they were at full strength for their playoff series, but we've missed you, man. Um, lots to catch up on. I'm, I'm glad that schedules aligned this way where we had to record tonight and not you know, Friday or Saturday, we're recording this uh, Tuesday evening because I was ready to overreact with some bad takes that I that I saved from uh, putting out out in the public and out into the internet forever. So glad to be doing this tonight. Boy, I want to see hear that's s- the difference between you and me. <laughs> you were able to stop yourself over the weekend. I just let that sit stew, bro. It was just going on in my head, and I was I just let it go go and go and go. If anything, I was like Anthony Davis is a no show. I'm a, I'm done with him. <laughs> if anything, Josh is more dug in on his takes than he was yeah, before. Yeah, that's exactly right. What I do. He just doubles down, even though all evidence points to do otherwise. I'm like having conversations in the shower with my shower head. I'm like, no, dude, Anthony Davis doesn't show up. He sucks, bro. He's not even a top 10 player. It's like to my shower head. Dude, you know what's crazy is go look at his numbers for the series. They're absolutely like off the charts. They're incredible. Yeah. They're absolutely incredible. I have barely honestly watched much of that series just because it hasn't really been a series to me. It, yeah, I haven't I mean, watched the fourth quarter of a couple games. Games one and game four were, were, were competitive. Um, mm-hmm. I think the just it's been crazy trying to watch four games a day. Um, naturally, I end up watching like two and a half. Obviously, mm-hmm. I, I'm working, kind of got that on in the background, so I'll kind of catch half of a game because they got a, you know a twelve thirty schedule for Central Time, which is weird but awesome at the same time. It's awesome as long as you're able to be able to sit there and work at home and actually watch it. But I could see how that right. would be really annoying otherwise because I would be pissed if I were missing a good amount of, you know, the Celtics games or whatever, even though most of those were in prime time because that was supposed to be a big series, even though, well, we'll get into that, but, you know. Yeah, I'm not, you know, I'm not really too concerned if I miss a quarter or two of the uh, Raptors Nets. You know, that's just, I can't wait for that to be over. But all the other games have really been, or all the other series have been really compelling. Okay, so real quick, before we get into, like, the series and all that stuff, since I've been out a couple of weeks, I want to ask you guys, I mean, how impressed are you that this has all worked so well? Unbelievably impressed. Like, this wasn't – we, Justin, I think you and I talked about this wasn't going to happen. Yeah. Multiple times. No, we absolutely did. I keep thinking that no matter what happens when I watch these games, is like this. I, I feel like this wasn't even supposed to be happening. I mean, what right. do you think, Kyle? Yeah, I mean, y'all had a lot more pe- pessimism. I think you kind of, you know, swung me that direction, but then – Towards the end, I started started feeling a little bit better about it. I've continued to be impressed, though. I mean, tests are basically to zero now. Uh, the viewing experience has been fantastic. Somehow, I'm used to the uh, digital crowd, like it's working for me. It doesn't feel that much different from my experience, and the players don't seem to have an issue with it. Um, I mean, obviously, playing every other day keeps you pretty busy, but I mean, I, I think the NBA did it as good as you can they did it better than any sport you know hockey's doing something pretty similar and taking a page out of their book with two different bubbles which is interesting yeah uh both in canada i think but yeah i mean i I think they hit the nail on the head um and you know god forbid if we ever do this again we know the nba will have a plan and makes me feel like you know regardless of what happens you know i don't want to say it can't get worse because obviously it can but this is one of the worst things that they've been faced with and they i mean they really I say they didn't blink. They blinked for about four months along with the rest of the country. Sure. But as soon as it was acceptable, I think, to turn it on, because they were definitely being socially conscious about it, they pulled the trigger and knocked yeah. it out of the park. 
I agree with you. I think that it's all worked out. Like even guys leaving and coming back, and like we've seen yep. like the stuff with Montrez Harrell, all that stuff. Like you, you know, you've had a lot of guys that have had to leave and 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 manage to come back, and, and they, they're able to manage to do it safely too, which is incredible to see. And just seeing all the prep work that they go through, where they go through and spray all the locker rooms with Clorox and all that stuff. I mean, that stuff is is key to their success, but they've spent the time thinking about it and really making sure that there there's an actual protocol. But the only way you could do that is in a bubble type situation. You can't, there's no way you can travel around the country and do this as a sport. You just can't. Right. Well, we're about to see the NFL try, but you're, you know, let me ask you to this though. Is there, is there any flaws that you've noticed? I think from a logistics standpoint, it's relatively flawless unless you can make me aware of one that I'm not aware of. But from like a viewer standpoint, do you see any kind of flaws? Like, have you no. had any issues whatsoever? No, I re- I personally really haven't. The, the one thing I'm actually going to miss whenever this is all over with is the sideline camera that goes up and down the court. That's awesome. We won't have that any semblance. Awesome. There's no way to have that semblance of anything like that. Um, it's one of the most innovative things I've seen since the NFL put in the, the bird's eye view camera back in the day from the XFL. So right, right. One of the I think best. the post-game interviews are hilarious where they're six feet away with them just sticking a giant pole in their face. Yeah, and, and nobody so around. Strange. And nobody yeah. around. I love that part of it. But I do think we're robbed of moments like what we saw the other night with Luca, where he hit that game dagger in overtime. And that's a fan experience that is unlike any other. Yeah. Miss. Um, and I, I'd agree with that. But I, I don't have any – I'm not looking at this saying these things are flawed, but here's my concern. I think there's a, a good bit of viewership that is being lost um, from the political mm-hmm. stuff that is happening. Oh, I sure. do not think that that is worth shutting up and dribbling. Um, here's what I will say. So, is I think that it's 100% worth losing that viewership, but I don't think that you could go out and take a poll and have everybody ha- everybody be – all around happy about what is what they've opened up to if that makes sense i am 100 yeah. percent for it but i don't think that everybody is sure yeah yeah i mean i think there's like just putting it out i think there's camps that obviously are not watching it for that reason there's camps that are watching it and loving the social justice there's people that are watching it just because they love basketball i mean i think there's a lot of different camps and you can fall into any of them i mean your opinion's your opinion as long as it's not malicious you know that's my that's my belief and you know i i i I love the social justice movement and I think they're doing it. They're going about it in a really productive way. Um, but I'm not going to sit here on a, on a you know, soapbox at the end of the day, I'm, I'm a basketball lover and that's why I'm watching this. Um, but sure. I, I do think that that is an important message. And I think they're, and I think they're going about it in the right way. And if they truly believe in this stuff, which they do, they need to not stop. Not back down. Yeah. Don't let loss. Don't let, okay. The ratings came out. They're lower than we expected. Don't, you know, take Black Lives Matter off the court. Don't start making changes because then that that shows that you're backing down from that stance, which I, I don't think they will. I think they'll exactly. Stay and it, and even even I'll even take it a step further. You can't get bored with it because like I'm in leadership and I know that the second that people start to get sick of what you're saying because you repeat it so much is the second that they've actually it, it's been ingrained in them and right. they start to actually live it and learn. It's a great it. point. So they need to not get bored. They need to not stop shoving it down people's throats if they truly believe in it and they want to make a difference. That that needs to happen. Can I? I would like to bring up the other side of this, and really just for conversation's sake, and something that I've actually thought about, which I worry about with all this, is that by putting, so like, I agree with everything you guys said. Like, I think like 
they're doing it for the right reasons. They're using their platform. They're doing it the right way. No problem with that. I think that's the best way that, that this could be handled because it's putting it right in front of people's faces. My concern with that is just that you put it in front of people's faces and it just starts to get used to, it's just like ads on a uniform. You get used to it. You don't, it does. It just becomes a, a part of the court that you don't even think about anymore. That's my only concern about it. And so, like, I don't know how. Like, you have to make sure you're taking the 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 time to keep it front of mind in the right ways while supplementing it with that kind of thing. If that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, to Josh's point, you have to continue to execute on what's happening in front of you, but be innovative for what's going to happen down the road. And I think that's a fine line and a really challenging thing to do. But. I think the likes of, of Adam Silver, LeBron James, Chris Paul are going to be capable of pulling that off. Um, yeah. it, 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 we'll, we'll see. You know, I, I do think that is a, a fair concern that I haven't actually thought about until you guys just brought it up. And that's why we have these conversations is that could become, you know, even though I don't I hope it doesn't, that could be kind of stale material after a while where it's like, yeah, we know it's there, but it's not really it's not resonating with us. That the change is occurring. It's just something we get used to seeing like an ad. So then I, I think the real well, and I was just going to say to to cap that off too. I think like the real challenge ends up being that you make this a bubble thing, like the Black Lives Matter and all, and that like make that a special thing. But then you've got to figure out what the next thing you can do to carry everyone it goes home is. next season and it's just not a thing anymore. Right. I think it needs to be happen. on every NBA court. I think they right. have to take it there or, or figure out what that next thing is that's going to matter. Right. That's the yeah. Thing. And I'll put on my social psychologist hats. I have many hats. My social psychologist <laughs> hat is a lot of hats. more of a, um, a beanie with a propeller on it. But there's, <laughs> there's a theory called Mears effect. And it, it's what drives advertising. Mears effect essentially says that the more that you are familiar with something, the more comfortable you are with it. Like nobody watches TV and watches a Charmin ultra commercial and goes oh i better go wipe my ass right <laughs> nobody does that the fact that they have shaman in front of them and they it is inund they're inundated with it they become more compliant towards it that's a bad word but hear me out here um they become more associated with it more familiar with it and therefore whenever they go to the to walmart to pick up the toilet paper they look at nature's own toilet paper and just making stuff up or Charmin and they go well I've heard of Charmin before that makes sense and they become comfortable with it so I I think that there is a little bit of a of a risk of this possibly going into our, we're just bored with it we, like it's it's just there but I think what is going to be more prevalent is the mirrors effect and just making sure that it's in front of people so that they can be comfortable with it can we talk about the fact that you used a granola bar as a toilet paper brand in that little bag <laughs> <laughs> Can we talk about yes, that for a moment? I'm, that's what you took away from that. That's, that was my hope, actually. <laughs> no, you're 100% correct, though. It, it has to be handled the right way in that sense. Yeah. Yeah. So I, 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 I have more of a fear of this bubble being over and we start next season and nobody has it. You, like, you can't stop. You have to keep going. Yeah. But you also but then have, you have to come up with an extra strategy. So I don't know. Well, you or, have to keep. You have to find something that keeps it actually fresh. That doesn't just let it blend in. That's kind of my point. Um, okay. you, you just don't want it to to just become part of what you see every day on the court. So yeah. Uh, I mean, from a viewing experience. I mean, any other notes that you guys have liked, disliked? I mean, I I think the the fans, the digital fans, is a little bit weird. It almost feels like the technology is just like slightly not there yet almost but very close kind of thing 
Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, it's kind of like when you're in a Zoom conference and somebody has a fake background and you can like, they're yeah. like, you can see like 93% of them, but the edges are a little blurry. Like, yeah. that's exactly what it is. I'm glad I could see little Wayne taking rips, though, uh, yeah. in the middle of the Laker game. That, that was very enjoyable. That was, yeah. That was incredible. I saw that and I clipped it to tweet out and I was like, oh, this is going to be everywhere here in two seconds. And then like 10 minutes later, Kyle sent it to me and I was like, yeah, I saw this. Yeah. I was watching the <laughs> already, game. already made it. Um, Dude, before we talk about the series, can we just quickly break down this 76ers fiasco that Dude. I think we, I don't want to say we're in the forefront of, but we're definitely early adopters of we need to get Brett Brown out of there and we have to make a decision on these superstars. I mean, really zooming out on it, it's a shame that the process went like this, but like the the process was really before they made that Tobias Harris trade. That was kind of where the, you know, where things kind I of... Think- went off the rails a little bit and, and where you started to get away from the homegrown thing that you built, you know, the trade was bad, you know, and sometimes you just take your losses and move on. But you know, they, they paid him five for one eighty, and they signed up for five more years with Tobias Harris when they really shouldn't have. Um, you couple that with the Al Horford contract, which you're not going to move either of those contracts unless you give away in or Simmons at, at a discount. And, it's not going to happen. I think you kind of have to eat those contracts um, and, and, and move on. And s- the hard part is, is I would keep Simmons. I know Josh is getting a little chubbed up now. I would keep Simmons because I actually think he gives a shit more about basketball and he's a better defender and he's going to play more games. He's more well-conditioned. He's not more talented overall, I don't think. Um, but I think you can sell Embiid. I think you can sell Embiid for way more. I think that Every single GM in the league knows how great Simmons is. The dude, we, we've heard multiple times Stan Van Gundy say he believes that Simmons is the best defender in the league. And, and I think that all of us talked about it in our in our text message thread. But Simmons is... I'm not there I, yet. I, I said Simmons. He's right? not the yeah. best defender. No. He, he does... There's not a single thing that he is not an 8 of 10 on. So, like, if you take Giannis... He's probably not as good of a ball defender as Simmons, but he's a better help defender. He's a better rebounder. If you take Kawhi, he's a better better on-ball defender than Simmons, but he's not as good as a help defender. He's not as good as a rim protector. Simmons does everything, everything so well. He's maybe the only person in the league that can switch one through five, and GMs know this stuff. The average, the average NBA watcher doesn't know that stuff and doesn't see that. Um, GMs know what Simmons is worth, and I think that you could probably get just as much for Simmons on the open open market as you can for Embiid. Um, my thing with Brett Brown, to, to kind of skip around here, is we have never seen a player perform up to their to what they should perform under Brett Brown. Never. Jimmy Butler was the only one, actually. Yeah, but which Jimmy you, Butler. You can, yeah, yeah. Jimmy Butler is going to perform everywhere. Right. You can look back and say Brett Brown had 350 win seasons in a row. He's a good coach. But those teams, like Ben Simmons isn't as good as he should be. Embiid can't stay on the court. And when he does stay on the court, you don't know what Embiid you're getting. You could get right. one that had ice cream the night before and drops drops eight points in a playoff game and four rebounds. You could uh, – Tobias Harris was a 50-40-90 guy in, at the Clippers or damn yep. near it. He was like 50-40-88 or something stupid like that. Um, Jimmy Butler it was a superstar on the Chicago Bulls. Then he went to the, the Timberwolves and made enemies there, and then he went to the Sixers and carried their team while the rest of them struggled. Um, Al Horford sucks now. Like Brett Brown – dude, Josh Richardson was one of the best DN3 guys in the league last year at Miami. 
and he sucks now. Brett yeah. Brown is there's not a single player on any of his teams that have performed up to their standards or to their potential. Not one. I don't disagree. And that's with why that. you got to get rid of him. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. And they made the right call by getting rid of him for sure. And and we we knew even last year that that we were on the precipice of this. This was definitely the last year of him. No matter. Almost no matter what happens, anything short of like a finals appearance was pretty much right. the yeah. Where, I mean, well, and so I was I, shocked they brought him back back this year. I, I kind of was too, but you almost had to out of respect alone, just because he had seen it through that far. Yeah, he'd been through all you know all the terrible seasons, but you know that I, I think a new coach in there is going to help them. But I so, think they have to figure out the superstar situation first. So here's the thing: some coach is going to walk in. So first of all. Payroll situation, they're like $20 million over the cap for the next three years going yeah. forward. So They're in the 130 to 140 range every year the next three years, mainly because of the Horford and uh, right. uh, Tobias Harris. Tobias Harris deal. And those are two of the most of the top five most immovable contracts in the NBA. I mean, they're aside from like the John Wall deal. Stuff like that, like those are immovable yeah. contracts. You can't do John Wall's rough, yeah, but it's John up Wall, there. Those are some of the worst. Those are some of the worst deals. Kevin Love, Kevin is Love's bad. up there. Yeah, Chris Drummond Paul. is bad. Yeah, yeah. But no, the, the, I agree. You can't move those unless you're just dumping that with Simmons or Embiid and taking a lot less back than right. you should. And I you think you're probably that. better off, unfortunately, just keeping those guys and. But that's you know, the moving thing. One of those assets. But that's the thing is, so you've got Joel Embiid who. You don't never know what what guy's going to show up. What kind of to what Josh said? Like you've got a guy who's you know twenty four minutes into a playoff series is exhausted, tired looking, and it's like what are we doing here? And like you know Simmons said this I think on his show like you by the time that a guy gets to be around Embiid's age, he kind of is who he's going to be. He's not really going to change. Like Andrew Bynum wasn't really going to grow not, up that not much as an athlete, but as a guy, like as, a, as an yeah, adult. I'd like yeah, you're twenty five. Like yeah, you and you don't give a shit about your you know, $120 million deal, you may never give a shit about that deal. Correct. And that's, and I think that's a very valid look at that. It's so like that tell, I mean, you guys know me, like that guy would be out of my gym immediately. Out yeah, of there. You're not a, you, you, you are not a half motor, half ass kind of guy. Not at all. See, I, I'll, say, I'll sign that. I'll sign up for the talent, but on this one, it's too glaring. Like on it's this one, cause I, I, Simmons is a little too, is a little too beta. I think to be a clear number one on a championship team, I think he could be a clear number one on a good team or a number two on a championship team, but I don't question his love for the game of basketball right. or his desire to win. I do question his, you know, ability to work on his jump shot in the offseason. But other than yeah. that, I, I think there's a lot less question marks with him health wise too, right? right. Like take yes. out the love of the game. Like that dude's body, we Josh mentioned it, is arguably like the most prototypical body for today's NBA. Embiid is great and dominant and massive, but, but I mean, you know, with somebody that's going to not work that hard on conditioning, where is he going to be at 31, right. you know? And that that's the challenge. And, and so, so we came to a point where they, like, Brett Brown had definitely lost the team. Like, I mean, it, got, it became very apparent that, like, he was making adjustments and they just weren't working. And, and they just they didn't know what to do. They rejected. The problem is that the right option, and we actually talked about this way earlier in the season, about how the better option is to figure out how to break that team up in some way, shape, or form. Trade one of those guys. You probably do make your basketball team worse in that in the course of things, so it is a hard sell. 
But the thing yep. is, you're going to have some coach that's going to come in here. I don't know who that's going to be quite yet. It's going to be like Jason Kidd. It's going to be like Ty Lue, somebody like that who's going to try to It'll sell be a them. Splash name. Right. They're, they're targeting gonna, Ty Lue. They're going to try to sell them on that they can make those pieces work. And I don't know that those pieces are going to work. And that's the no, problem. I, yeah. And, and everybody's already talking about what's been surprising to me is everybody's talking about trading Embiid, um, which yeah. that's, that's, I mean, you guys know me. Like, I'm still Yeah, that's where him. you're at, for sure. Yeah, I would trade Embiid. You, would, you, would, you expect the media to be on Embiid's side and trade Simmons because he can't shoot and think, right. things of that nature. Yeah, that was surprising to me, too. But I, I think this playoff series was like the icing on the cake. You know, because like, you know, we've all seen Embiid be lackadaisical at times. But this last one was Bad. just – you can't ignore it, man. <laughs> and I know – Brown had left it, lost the team. You can, dude. I mean, the comments with Josh Richardson saying, "Hey, there needs to be more accountability," and Embiid saying, "You know, hey, I'm not the GM. I'm not making these decisions." Like, it's just like a coach that has his locker room under control. Like, you're, that's not coming out of the Spurs locker room. That's not coming out of the Mavs or the Warriors locker room. Like, it, he just doesn't have control of the team. Um, Love the ricochet. It's gonna be challenging for Ty Lue to do that. Love the ricochet shot that was taken at Elton Brand, though. That's pretty great. <laughs> Uh, Elton Brand is probably out of there, dude. There's been because he he's making all these decisions, right? Right. And like third year, you swung and missed with Horford. You swung and missed with Harris. You picked Markel Fultz over. I don't even want to go over it, but Donovan Mitchell was in that draft. I mean, a lot of dudes, and it's like that's tough, dude. The Elton Brand signing was so funny to me because, like, if you look back at Philly's uh, draft picks, it was Ben Simmons, big man who gets hurt, Embiid, big man who gets hurt, uh, Nerlens Noel, big man who gets hurt. And then they signed Elton not, Brand, not a big Simmons, man. Uh, Okafor, 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 Okafor yeah, as well. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's four big men that got hurt. And then you signed Elton Brand, a big man who also had injury problems. Whenever he played in the league <laughs> as your GM, it just seemed really funny to Pretty me. Pretty fitting, but, right? <laughs> yeah, I I agree that I I think that it's there should be some pressure on him. You have uh, you I have think two players that could have been top five players from the moment that you drafted them. And he didn't draft that to blow, blow this up. He didn't right? draft him though. I mean, he he's only, no. I mean, for, for, for you had those guys on your team though. Oh, oh yeah, I mean. yeah, 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 yeah. And they had the potential. Both of them had the potential to be top five players in the league. And you're gonna have to blow it up because of the bad signings that you did, and because of the coach that you kept around for a little bit too long. It's tough. It's a tough look. That's for sure. It's a tough sell. But Ty Lue, is, to Kyle's point, is not going to be able to make those pieces work. I just don't believe in that. He might try yeah. to sell him on that, though. I, oh, I get that. But I, I definitely don't think those guys will both be on the roster next season. I think they will don't. try it at the beginning of the season, though. Wait, so clarify that. So you, th- you I they think start they the will season? try to run it back. Okay. I think they will try to run it back with Simmons and Embiid. You can't get rid of Horford or, nope. or Harris. I mean, the Richardson contract's movable, but they're not going to move him. Yeah. I think That's they try the to run game. it back. I don't think they make it through that season, though. Okay. Okay, yeah, yeah. So like a... If Mike they're Brown, twenty twenty one at the All Star break or near the All Star break, they're gonna they're gonna make some trades. And you know, I, I I'm curious to think. So, Justin, are you are you with us that you would keep Simmons or are you leaning towards Embiid? Oh, I would I would keep Simmons, and I'm not even the biggest Simmons supporter in the world because Same. I don't believe at, in uh, his jump shot. But I also I don't I, I, the what I see the product that I see in Embiid is not what I'm looking for out of the guy his size and of his athletic ability. He's an incredible player that's lazy. And that pisses me right. off. Embiid, what? yeah, for me, Embiid would be a hard sell to put him in my top ten at this point. Yeah. 
Yeah, talent-wise, it's no question. But just oh, as a player, sure. yeah, top like, ten player, have, probably not. You have the top t- serpentine like fantasy draft. You have top ten players to build your franchise around. I don't know if Embiid goes in the top ten. For sure, no way, no, no way, not with the young talent in today's league and the question marks with him. Um, let me ask you guys this then: as Embiid as an asset, then if we're all in agreement to keep Simmons, what does that look like? What do you think you can get back for him? Because I think you can get a, lot. a superstar. Or a star Booker. and a pick. I would Devin try to get Booker. Devin Booker. You Does couldn't that do that. The Suns, though, are they going to run no. Aiden and Embiid out there? No. no Dude, way. The, the Suns don't know what the hell they're doing. You could <laughs> ship them off Nerlens Noel for Devin Booker. I would. I think the Suns see a shiny asset and they go, we, we need that guy. I, I just I so for Bradley Beal straight up. So Josh is just what? counting on the Suns to be stupid. I love that take. Yeah. <laughs> love that. Take. It might be the most sure thing in the NBA, actually. Just um, throwing some cash considerations and, and Sarver's pulling the trigger. Yeah. Uh, I, I like Beal Bradley Beal fantastic. for. I think it improves both franchises. Yo, if Houston loses to OKC, you think they don't blow that up? You think they don't trade Harden for Embiid? Holy Harden moly. for Embiid and maybe not trading Harden Bible? for Embiid, bro. He's missed eleven games in five years. No You're not trading. No Daryl way. Moore is not trading Harden for Embiid. Harden for Embiid and Matisse Thybul. <laughs> Take him. <laughs> Who is a premier <laughs> defender, bro? He's a he's an elite defender. He cannot score. No. Um, no. I mean, if I'm if I'm Philly, I'd do that all day. If you if you give me James Harden and Ben Simmons, I'm feeling pretty good in the East. Yeah. I'll, I'll tell you what. Look, that'll be our homework for next week. Let's let's draw up some. some that, I did trades. my homework, fellas. Bradley Beal is a good one, and the money the money works. Okay, I didn't realize you guys talked about this last time. Okay, the money does I, work. No, no, no. I didn't talk about I, it. Just, I was the head of the game. Yeah, I just brought it up because I looked at it before we go. So Bradley Beal makes slightly more, but it's within that seventy-five percent. But you could throw you could throw in another another contract. I just think, like for the Wizards, now they're like, okay, we have a marquee talent. It's our job to turn this guy into our franchise player. You have John Wall that could be some nice pick and roll action. John Wall's not quite Ben Simmons, where he's, you know, I don't think he's. John Wall is a worse version of Ben Simmons. He's a shorter version of Ben Simmons. He's a slightly better shooter. Percentages may not say so, but my my, my eyes tell me so. Yeah, at least uh, he's took a, taking a three. Okay, he'll take the shot, right? So I, I don't think that's a terrible trade for them. because I think Bradley Beal is unhappy, but at the end of the day, they probably will try to run Beal and Wall back one more time based on how much money they've sunk into that combo. Um, it obviously helps Philly, though. If you can have Ben Simmons bringing up the ball, and now you have Tobias Harris, you're asking him to be your – your clear third option. You have Bradley Beal, who doesn't have to create. He, he scored thirty points a game this year, creating every shot because his team sucks. Dude, he, he can come he was up second in the league. Yeah, he was second in the league in uh, scoring, and he's increased the scoring every year for the last three years. And every year, every year since he's been in the league, I think. Jeez, dude, that's, that's crazy. crazy. Yeah, yeah, like six or seven years in a row, and he is. I don't want to say an elite perimeter defender, but he's tier two. Like he's a very good perimeter defender. I might put him in tier one, and my only concern is the size. But yeah, he can I feel you. Kyle. Two probably, maybe yeah. a small three, depending on the lineup. Um, but you have him and Thibel out on the wings. I just think that makes a lot of sense for that team. Yeah, the bigs are the questions there. You would mm-hmm. have to go to true small ball and have Horford play the five, which we know that Horford doesn't want to play the five because he's old and he doesn't anymore. want to bang anymore. But uh, it, so you'd have to fill that. Um, but that's that's if you get Beal, that's worth it, dude. That's worth feeling that five. Let me throw, let me throw one more trade at you. Gordon Hayward, Daniel Tice, and a first round pick. I 
I'm not taking any more risks if I'm the Sixers. I'm I guess that's a good point. We're done with risks. We're going like I'm just get come on. Beat onto the Celtics with, with <laughs> and Brown because that's a ring. Come on, Josh. Don't be a bitch. Come yeah, on, that's fair. <laughs> Take some risks. Um, who's this conservative guy? Let's draft four centers in a row. What could uh, go wrong? I, I need uh, things to keep going exactly as they've been going in Philly because watching my team absolutely embarrass them was just fantastic. I'll tell you. That was ugly. That was okay. I mean, last, last hypothetical trade. I like this one a lot too. Money will work out next year when this guy's $24.5 million contract kicks in and beads at 31. Um, Buddy Heel, Marvin Bagley, and a lottery pick from this year's not that strong draft for Embiid. I think that improves both teams. I, I would also include sending Elton Brand to be their GM and giving me a bunch of favors back <laughs> later on. <laughs> While I do think that that improves the, the Sixers, I think that they would be heavily underselling Embiid, and they could get more. I think so, too. Because Marvin Bagley, like, I've been high on Marvin Bagley for, since the moment that he was drafted, since the moment that I saw him play in college. But I think Can't you can healthy. get more. I, I think that you can get more than But you're getting, that. You're getting a... Uh, uh, Elite perimeter shooter, I would say, and Buddy a decent Hill took, defender. Yeah, yeah but Buddy Hill took a step back this year. He only I, took I, a step back because they added Bogdanovich to that team, and, and it just threw it off. They shouldn't yeah. have. Yeah, that was a very uh, odd I, signing. I, I think I don't know. Maybe you're right. What if it was a first round dr- pick from next year's draft, which is uh, you probably haven't looked that far forward, but next year's draft is fucking loaded. There's probably ten dudes that have star potential, and. I mean, the odds that Sacramento is one of the 10 worst teams in the NBA is very strong. I, I, I don't, with, with the assets that Simmons is, I think that you can get something real for Joel Embiid right now, and I want to try So you try star him. for star, like Gibby Bradley Beal, Gibby star, Devin yeah. Booker. Yeah. Maybe okay. even a lower-tier star with more pieces around them, because... <laughs> I, don't, I could I, do these. I could do these three three nickels for a quarter trade all day. I got yeah. too many of them. So, yeah. well, yeah, the star for star is probably the way that ends up going. It's not going. They're going to run it back, dude. They're not going to blow this thing up. They're not going to. They're going to blame Brett Brown for this, and they're going to try to run it back and see if it could work again. And it's not going right. to work. It's going to be great. It's to work. not. The East Can't is wait. too good. The East is not the 070s where LeBron could take that Cavs team to the finals. Like the right. East is not quite as good as the West now because the West is just so loaded, but the East is so much better than it was three years ago. It's harder to be ahead in the East. It's, it's a lot more top heavy than it's been in a long time. Yeah. So let me yeah. flip as the antithesis to our, this argument. Let me flip this by you in the playoffs this year. We feel like MB got run off the court, but he actually averaged 30, 30, 11 or something. It was 30, ugly, 12 though. and 1.3 blocks on on 18 shots a game. Now, he only shot 45% from the field, and that's abysmal if you're a big. And the reason why was because he was not well, trying to stick and, and his this ass is, the post. This is going to bring Kyle right back to football season. But all of that said, four straight losses in the playoffs yeah, when it mattered. Yeah. So, I mean. He did. And, uh, what I. What I'm saying is, There's is that value. an argument for yeah. trading Simmons instead of Embiid? Those yeah, stats that he put be. up? Because those are, those are crazy stats. Dude shot 14, uh, 14 free throws a game. For someone and who really, eats a bunch like, of cotton candy for dinner. Can I give you one other stat, Josh? Yeah. Can we do first half or second half field goal percentage? Oh, boy. Yes, let Here me hear go. it. I don't, I don't know this. He's a cherry pick. It's 60 it. to 29. <laughs> he shot 29% in the second half. He averaged 8.8 8. 8 rebounds a game. In the first half, and 
uh, under four rebounds a game or a half in the second half. Yeah, I'm taking Tobias Harris over, over Joel Embiid. Mercy. After that, <laughs> okay, that, but yeah, that's a joke, obviously. But do you know why that is? It's because he just gets tired, dude. The guy's yeah. out of shape. Yeah. He's just out of shape. He eats cotton yeah. candy for dinner. What do you expect? Yeah, exactly. And also, I saw way too much of him getting his ass kicked by Daniel Tice, who he outweighs by 40 pounds yeah. on the post. Like, that's not that's not okay. And that's why he only shot 45% from the field is because he's out there shooting threes and trying to spread the floor whenever you're freaking – you have Shaq's body. Yeah. Get in the post. All right. So let's finish that out with – I mean, did you guys have any notes on the Celtics? I mean, the Celtics look fucking fantastic. And you know what? It's gr- the I really got to hand it to Brett Brown because he allowed Kimba to just go out there and take like 70 shots and really just, you know, get his rhythm back and just go out there and destroy yeah. everybody. So I, yeah, appreciate, I, mean, he I appreciate he didn't, it. Yeah, I mean, and Kimba didn't play. So it's nice to let him get some shots up. He's definitely not right. The Gordon Hayward thing is tough. Um, I'm just going to not assume he's going to be there, right? Yeah. Like, I'm just looking at Tatum and Brown got to do this. Their matchup against Toronto, you know, forward looking to even what some of these other matchups could be, you know, Houston and L.A. possibly. Um, I'm just so intrigued by that Boston-Toronto series. I think that's a fantastic series. Because I, I I know Josh Bradley isn't here yet, but Tatum is elevating. Like, Tatum is a star, uh, transi- okay. an all-star transitioning to a superstar. And Jason or uh, Jalen Brown is, I think, comfortable being that number two and really damn good at it. He is very Scotty Pippen esque to me. He has yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Stuff. And I, I'm there. I'm Tatum. I think I'm there. Yeah, he, he's he's pretty impressive. He had a really crucial block against Embiid in one of the stretches uh, in the last minute of a game, which just shows me a lot for a six nine two guard basically. Um, and he can defend multiple positions. I just love his game. I think I, I actually. You know, I put a little money on them to come out of the East as a flyer at plus 700, I think. And I feel really good about that based on how they played. Not going to put too much stock into the sweep because I think that Philly situation is just such a mess. Um, But you can't put too much stock in in Toronto at the same time. I mean, that's the series we'll probably talk the least about, right? I mean, the Nets are just not playing. They don't have KD. They don't have Kyrie. They don't have Spencer Dinwiddie. It's being led by Karis LeVert. Like, I expect you to to beat that that team pretty handily. Um, So I I think they're going to present – Boston's going to present Toronto with some problems. And I think a lot of people are just, you know, just having defensive gasms about the way Toronto plays team defense. And I just, I'm not there because I haven't seen them stop Tatum. I've seen them stop Karis LeVert. Yeah. Can I go the antithesis of that and say, this is crazy. This is my first time in two years that I've had a favorite that's not the Bucks, And it's Toronto for me. Wow. God almighty. I I had him last year. So. I will say I can convince myself on any given night that Milwaukee, Miami, Boston, or Toronto could win the East. I'm really fucking impressed with Miami, dude. I'll give you three of those. I, I still have the. I, I think that Miami. Miami played amazingly, but I, I still have the. We'll same have a friendly wager. I think they take that series to six or seven, bare minimum. I thought you were gonna say you think they take the series. I was like, yeah, give me whatever. Tell me the odds on that. That's but, tough. Uh, if you're gonna, yeah, you're gonna have to give me some odds there. Yeah, yeah I, sure. I think that. Harrow is about to say, oh, I don't have TJ McCall or McConnell guarding me. I have Chris Middleton guarding me, and it's about to not have, not get what Chris he Middleton is not guarding Tyler Harrow. Who's going to guard Jimmy Butler? Uh, I mean, first off, there's Eric Bledsoe is an all-NBA defender. He got all-NBA first team last year. And then you got Brooke Lopez, who's like top 10 in the league in shot blocking. And then you got Giannis, who's a hell of a – who's just one defensive MVP. 
Defensive Player of the Year. And then uh, Chris Middleton's uh, All-NBA defense last year as well. Um, that team is stacked, dude. It doesn't Chris matter. Chris Middleton it, will be guarding Jimmy Butler is my point. So I think yeah, it doesn't I think matter. Caro is who can – yeah, because you have George Hill who's long. Yeah, you have – it's a yeah. tough defense. It's a tough – but it's not like the Pacers are just a rollover defense either. No, but it's the difference between going from – I mean, the Pacers have a great defense, but a lot of that was based upon the fact that Sabonis is so great defensively. And he wasn't in there. In there. And Victor Oladipo is not playing like himself. But uh, there, there's a giant step between the Pacers' defense and the Bucks' defense. And I think that that's going to pressure those young young guys because they've never seen it. They'll also – dude, playing four games against Giannis is a beatdown, bro. Because he doesn't – like, you can build a wall against him and he'll just run through you. And that starts to – those guys weigh 200 pounds, those two white guards. Like, it's just going to – it's going to be tough. I, I, I don't – Tyler Harrow weighs more than 175 yeah, pounds. But, I, I, uh, I don't see those guys taking it past five. I, I, I don't, I, I don't like that take at I'll all. Give you, so, I'll give you, six. I'll give you six. I'll give you six, but they're not, they're definitely not taking a seven. I want to hear J Max take here in a second, but my Middleton stat for you, because you know where I stand on Middleton is a number two. I think he's a three, um, or a low end two. And, and you look at last year's Eastern Conference Finals in round two. They played twelve games. He had under ten points in five. Wow. That's fucking terrible. It's not he great. is significantly better this year than he was last year. And I will say that we obviously have the playoffs. The numbers don't say that. Ball. Are you just saying eye test? Do you feel that way? No, no. He was almost 50-40-90 on 20 points per game. The percentages were good, but the – yeah, okay. But the points and rebounds and assists and all that were the exact same. I mean, he had 20 points per game. Like 50-40-90 on 20, when's the last time that happened, Dirk? Not, I can't do a Dirk take from you tonight. No, I can't, can't go there. You're going to have Chris Actually, Middleton back. The last time that happened was, on your top 30 list. Yeah. The last time that happened was KD. Okay. I'm not putting where, him in the where, same. Where are you what? at on this, J-Mac? Where are you at on Milwaukee, Miami? Because, I mean, I think Milwaukee's still they're, – they, they're not through the first round, but I think it's we fine. assume they're going to win by 20 points in yeah, game five. Definitely. I, I, I honestly just don't know if Miami's – quite there yet i think they're really really close i just i think ultimately the defensive matchups are going to get the best of them and i don't know how they're going to really contain Giannis in that case if it came down to that i don't know how you would do that so i, I think a, i think a, a a bam jimmy combination is not the worst thing you can throw at him uh, jimmy's obviously undersized and can't True. guard him on the block uh, I think the X factor is bad because you, the, the obvious X factor is their young shooters, Harrow, Robinson, and Nunn, who just came back, got through COVID, got through quarantine, definitely not conditioned, will be on a minutes restriction. The dude averaged 15 points a game as a rookie off the bench. Like That's the obvious X factor that those three rookies got to step up. But I think the X factor is how physical can Bam be with Giannis. I yeah. Don't think that any player in the league has a chance at being physical enough with Giannis to, to stop him. I think that, and I've been saying this since last no year. player. Like, I mean, that's what I just said. No player. There's not a single player in the league that can guard you Giannis. Know Anthony Davis can be physical with Giannis. No, not at, not at all. Not enough. You need, and even like last year, the only team that could beat him, the only player that could guard him was three players, three players right. on, the, on the Raptors. So I don't think that the um, Heat have the bodies to throw at him. You just, like, Bam can get out there and guard him. Giannis will still average 30 and 15. Yeah. Do you, well, they, don't have, they don't have the third player that can come out there. Bledsoe and Chris Middleton go two for 27 shooting. 
It's a very real possibility. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I just don't like Giannis is going to feast on that team. They don't have that. I'm not worried about Giannis. I'm worried about that team. I think that's fair based on what we've seen out of them in the playoffs. Yeah. And I mean, they lost one game. And then they blew him out three other games. And Toronto lost. Toronto lost the magic last Yeah, Magic gave him their best shot. It's a blue collar team. I'm not. I'm not. I don't put any stock in that win. I'm not no. concerned about that. I'm talking about last year when they went up 2-0 and shit the bed four games in a row in the Eastern Conference Finals. That's a That's problem. Fair. And, and I, I am basically the I'm, same. I'm scared for them against Toronto because I think Nick Nurse is the best best coach in the East by far. Um, well, not by far because Spolter's in Miami, but I don't think that Miami has what they what the personnel that they need to throw at him. No, not quite. I, I agree. That I don't think they're going to win the series, but I think it goes six or seven. So I think I'm just a little higher on Miami than you guys are. I know they beat up on a on a beaten down Indiana team. I um, think. J-Mac, go ahead. Go ahead. Josh. I think more so you're a little bit lower on Milwaukee than we are. Like I'm high on okay. Miami. It's just, it's just not not going to yeah, happen. I just don't think they're there the, yet. The gap we see in the team is not as large. However, right. you want to slice it. Um, J-Mac, where are you at with your with your Celtics? to so round off the the East here. How are you feeling? I guess with the win over the series, it's kind of like, eh, whatever. I don't know what I learned there. Yeah. Um, other than you, Gordon Hayward's not going to stay healthy. But how do you feel going against Toronto? I, so that's more of a fair matchup, for sure. I think that's going to show us a lot more of what both those teams are made of. I'm actually not as concerned about Toronto as maybe most people would, would feel. I could see the, uh, the Celtics finishing that in like six games. Yeah, I think, I, I think the Celtics win that series. And... Be, unless Pascal Siakam just turns into like a top seven player, right. which he has that ceiling to me, and I need to see that from him because Van Fleet and and, and uh, Kyle Lowry, I think, will be uh, shut down as a, as a harsh term, but they will be greatly, greatly restricted in this series with Marcus Smart and Jalen Brown guarding them. Absolutely, that's who's going to guard them. Like they really? can throw, the, yeah. yeah. Like Smart is Smart is going to be on one of the two. You know, maybe it depends on the lineup they're running out there. If they're rolling really small, yeah, you probably have to put Jalen on a bigger guy, uh, like an OG or a Pascal. But I like I like Jalen Brown and Tatum's body at Pascal. Um, they're they're going to struggle on the boards and inside as they did against Philly, but they still made it work. I just trust them to I just trust them to outscore because I think Kyle Lowry and Van Vliet will be well below their averages. Yeah, I, I can see where you you say that with the defense. But Van Vliet averaged 21 points per game on a 70 effective field goal percentage. That means that series, that's not for the season, right? For, that's the for the playoffs. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, he shot the season though for the three point line from the three point line and 52 percent from the field. Yeah, that's fair. Like, so he's, you- he's playing out of his mind, dude. And that guy, Dallas needs to go get that guy. They need to get that guy last next year. I, I like that take. Yeah, yeah. so I, I've kind of thought about it. Well, never mind. We'll get to it. Um, here, here's the thing. Here's the reality of it, though, Josh. Those stats are fantastic. He did average eight, almost 18 points a game this year. He shot 41% from the field this year. So, and he had a 16 PER. When you put Marcus Smart on him, those numbers get diminished. I'm not. I'm not as concerned. the The argument for Toronto here is, I think. Coaching slightly, I think I'm there with you. I, I think Brad Stevens is really good, though, so it's not like a massive, massive coaching uh, discrepancy, but I think it is slightly better from what we've seen uh, from their resumes and the pros this far. I, I just – Toronto's depth is better. That's that's their argument, right? Like, they have 
a legit eight to nine man rotation where Boston really has like seven and Gordon Hayward's hurt. So they really got like six guys. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I think that Toronto has the best rotation in the league. I'd have to think about that. I think the Clippers ceiling as a rotation is really good, but where they're, where they're at right now is not there. Yeah. The Clippers have those two scores, but other than that, like they're, and I guess you could, you could say that, their top seven is better than the Raptors top 10, but dude, OG Ananobi, like uh, Norman Powell could be, should be in the race for sixth man of the year. I don't know why yeah. he wasn't. Um, you got, and then you got Serge, you got Gasol, like you got bodies, like the team yeah. is deep. I just, I don't know if I, I don't know. I, I can't say I don't trust them. They won the championship last year. I just don't feel like they're going to outscore the Celtics in this series. So I'm leaning towards Celtics in six or seven. And then, and then, yeah, and then, yeah, you have Stanley Johnson and Rondé Hollis Jefferson, both fantastic, big-bodied, strong defenders coming off the bench too. Like that, that team is, that team might be the deepest team that I've seen in a long time. Every but, bit yeah. of this. Are you picking them to win that series? Yeah, yeah, I got them in six. Every wow. single thing that I hear right now pretty much goes. It's pretty much the same thing that I heard about the Sixers going into the year. They're so big, the Celtics are never going to be able to compete against them, and that that fell apart on both ends of it. So I'm not too worried about that as far as how this series goes. I think Boston easily wins in six. All right, let's get on to the West. Okay. Okay. So let's just do let's just do it. This Dallas Clippers series is fucking awesome. Now it's two two going into tonight's game. Looks like it's going to be three two after this. Uh, <laughs> Had gone great. Already, I, I can one hundred percent guarantee you that it will be three two after this. <laughs> we were down about this much last game, um, but the Mavs have played so much better than I anticipated from the Porzingis ejection in Game One, which was a soft ass ejection, even though it's by the rules. It's to me that was bullshit. I can't say they were going to win that game, uh, but it was a fifty fifty split. They were up eight, and like they had a chance to win that game. Um, I think they probably lose this series in six or seven, I, yeah. you know, and that's fine. This is great experience for them. This is a huge confidence builder. You can see it in their body language, their chemistry. They're a real fucking team. Like they yes. operate as a team, even though it's one superstar and a bunch of role players right now, because KP's out. Um, although it looks like he, if he needs to be there for game six, he's going to push it. Um, I think you try to be hesitant with him. Luca is just elevated to where I'm like, I'm ready to go there and say he has top 10 all time talent. I'm not saying he's going to end up being top 10. If he plays for 12 to 14 years, though, he will. Like, his talent is there. Um, I, I actually – I thought you would think this is crazy, Josh. LeBron's top 10. You look at other active players that have the ability to be top 10 players of all time. Kawhi, KD, Steph, Giannis. I think those are the those are really the only ones. Like, Harden, probably not. Like, KD, Kawhi, Steph, Giannis. Those are the other guys. I put Luca over all of them as far as likelihood to be top ten all time. Over as crazy Giannis as that well. sounds, easy. I Whoa. mean, it's not even close for me. Katie's I think he's going to win more rings. He just makes dudes around him better. Giannis is a more talented overall player. Luca's a more talented offensive player, um, and he makes those around him better. And I think he's the most infectious player. He's like Magic personality, like MJ level fucking gamer. And LeBron level IQ, and it, and he's big and and he's twenty one, twenty one years old. He's and it's instinct is all you're seeing, pure instinct. It's one of the most unreal things I've seen and that I, that I can ever really remember. It's different than anything I've ever seen. If it weren't for this playoff series, I would say you're crazy, but I don't hate it. I don't necessarily 
agree with it, but I don't hate it. I mean, the progression has been incredible if you look at what he did his first yeah, year. Yeah, I'm just not I'm just not there yet. Um I mean he's I, taking I, it to the Clippers. I will say this. I think hand. Giannis and Luca are gonna battle each other for the next ten years. And they're gonna be the two yeah. best players in the league for the next ten years. Me too. And, and, and it was kind of like that for about seven years. I don't know about ten, maybe six or seven. It was like that for six or seven years with Kobe and LeBron, even though the age discrepancy between Luca and Giannis is three or four, where Kobe and LeBron was six or seven. Yeah. Um, and I think Jason Tatum's going to be D Wade. I think he's going to be the third guy, like the unbelievable talent that's just not clearly in that tier, but he's right there at the tier below. Yeah. I think he's going to. It's going to be him. It's going to be Booker and a lot of these other guys. Uh, but Giannis and Luca just have something. Those two have something that we haven't seen since LeBron. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Maybe KD. KD. I, I, I don't want to take too much away from him. We forget he's there. But as far as the series go, I, I just think the Clippers are going to get it done. Um, they're showing tonight. Obviously, when Paul George plays well, 18 points in 16 minutes, pretty good. Um, when he plays well, the Mavericks have zero chance. The Mavericks yeah. have been in this because he's been pandemic P and he's been. Been terrible. Dude, these are his stats going into tonight's game. 15.3 points per game on 31 minutes a game. 29% from the field, 22 from the three-point line. That's terrible. I think his official ne- nickname is Planned Parenthood, Paul. <laughs> I think his new official, official nickname. Jesus. Um, and yeah, dude, he's 50, we lost it. Uh, <laughs> no, but like that is terrible. And like, Can you be – I consider Paul George a top 12 guy. Like, I don't know if you can be. I can't consider him be no. top 12. I can't consider Jokic after his performance. I got, like, top eight guys in my top 12 now. I'm yeah. just dropping dudes left and right. Dude, that's how I feel. Before this season, I was like, I got 20 guys in my top 10, and now I have nobody. Um, this is – this. so he's the first player since Kuzi in 1960 to have three games in a row where he shot under 25%. Wow. I love, I love that Josh found a way stat. to just shit on old school basketball. Dude, yeah, what the fuck? And he, he probably represented... Isn't that horrific, dude? That's horrendous. And Josh probably represented old school basketball more so in our top 30 than any of us all together. So that's unbelievable. I thought you were going to say my game. I was like, yeah, you've been watching me <laughs> lately, haven't you? Lots of so, up and unders. Where are you at? Because I know Dallas is your adopted second team, J-Mac, to the yeah. Celtics. You got to be feeling... We, I mean... End of the day, like we're already ahead of schedule. I didn't think we'd make the playoffs this year. Yeah, and you, we, me, and you were season ticket holders for some terrible seasons. Terrible seasons. So you got to just feel great about where you stand. I know you're not. We'll leave your season ticket situation alone. But I know yeah. you're. <laughs> Let's not get into that. I know that. you're really happy about where they stand. I think it's the over under. If they retain KP and Luca without injury, I think the over under for championships is two and a half. I don't disagree wow. with that, and I'd probably think that they go over that. But I'll say this, man, like. I I have this weird feeling. I, I texted this to you guys earlier. I just I have a feeling that by the year by like year three of this KP Max deal, the Mavericks are gonna hate that deal. And I'm just I terrified about that guy's knees. I really am. I'm not I'm not yes. worried about whether he can make it work and whether him and Luca will be fine together. We saw the other night they look great together. It's not about that. It's gonna be it's going to come down to health in that matter. And, and for a matter of fact, it's going to come down to health for Luca too. That's the only thing that could really hold that dude back at this point. They're on the precipice of something really good, but they're in a really precipitous place with their cap. And I mean, it's going to be interesting to see how they handle this going forward. It really is. But they're known for finding diamond in the rough talent that makes that they tend to make better than any other team is able to. 
So that's where my head is at because, you know, I, I'm sitting here every night think, you know, texting with my buddy who's a diehard Mavs fan about, hey, if they just get this guy or th- that guy after 2021 when they have the max deal, likelihood is they're not going to get Giannis. They're not going to get Bradley Beal. They're not going to get these marquee guys because they never have. Like Harrison Dude, is our best fucking sign in, in a decade, you know, and it's like – but. I so, think they have uh, – they're in a way better situation with way more to offer now, and I think they could attract Giannis, and I think because of the Euro connection and his desire to win, he'll be on, they'll be on the short list. I just – I can't in my heart of hearts tell myself, like, yeah, we're going to get Giannis. We're going to no. get Bradley Beal. We're going to get Devin Booker, right? So It may not matter, though. Like, <laughs> but That's what, to my point, and it all ties back to your health, so I'm trying to bring this full circle. KP's health scares me more than Luka's. I think Luka, they're saying, kind of has the similar Steph ankle – yeah, build, but you can fix that with surgery now. So right. if he just gets a su- surgery in this offseason, yeah, it's a short offseason. You miss 20 or 20 games next year. That's fine because look at what happened to Steph's uh, ankle health after mm-hmm. that, right? Right. And um, with with KP, that's a bigger concern because he's seven right. three. He's got bad knees. I think you Kawhi that thing and have him play 50 to 58 games a year yeah. and just load manage it. And that's just how it's going to have to be. Get the three, two, three, four seed. Yep. And, and, and try to win in the playoffs because this is I bring this all back to say I don't think we're going to hit on the superstar. So if we can stay healthy, I think the Mavericks can go over that two and a half over under and win three championships with quality elite role player play. I think they can be a two star, a superstar and a star with a bunch of quality role players in a seven-man, eight-man rotation and win a lot of championships. I'll tell you this. Uh, the, the one thing I'll push back on, and we'll move on to the other series, is I want to talk about them. Oh, I got to hear Josh's take here. Josh is true, ready, true. ready to just unload. Um, what I'll say is this. I think that just because they couldn't attract some free agents in the end of Dirk's career, towards the end of Twilight of Dirk's career, doesn't mean totally that they won't different. be able to do it going forward. I think that... This kind of experience and what we're seeing while they're playing the Clippers right now puts Luca on display for guys to be like, I gotta go play with this guy. I gotta go like it, you know what I mean? It's like a top three situation and it's a middle of the pack city. It's not a great city, it's not an awful city for NBA. Right. So and, I and look at I what, think it's a great attractive option. Look at what just happened with the Lakers where you had a bunch of dudes who granted and I mean still happening, I should say, but a bunch of dudes who were kind of like Former superstars, superstar-ish, precipice kind of guys, and and a better GM than LeBron James. I'm positive of that for sure. And so, like, should not be building his rosters. But you're looking at LeBron and Anthony Davis and being like, "This is my best chance to go win a ring somewhere." And and if you can present that option of uh, and saying like, "This is, you know, someone like Patrick Beverly who's going to be in the twilight of his career," you know, like just names like that that would sign for less money just to come and be part of what's going on. That's where you're getting your biggest return on this thing and it may not matter because you have two superstars anyway theoretically Dallas did with one superstar right and and had elite role player play and they won a championship so I trust Cuban and Nelson to figure that out and you know I think the Lakers will get to in a second but that's a one-two punch that's a two-star team not a three-star team like we've seen a lot in this last decade and to me their floor is low like the Clippers floor is higher if Paul George doesn't shoot 29%, but when the Lakers are on, they look like the most unbeatable team to me. They look tougher than Milwaukee or the Clippers when they're clicking on all cylinders. And I think like, that's where I think the Mavs can be because dude, KP's pick and pop or pick and roll or when he, dude, did you see him cut to the lane the other day and dunk? It's like, fuck dude, that dude's seven, three. Like it's, it's intense. Josh, I, I have this feeling you're under two and a half. You might be over one and a half though. Like, where are you at there? Um, 
I don't know. I, I think that there's I th- I I think two and a half is probably good. It depends on what happens with Giannis and what where he goes and where he teams up with. I I I do lean more towards Justin's take in regards to they couldn't attract people to that place at the in the twilight of Dirk's career. And if we look at it the, over the last five years or so, we haven't seen superstars go to a big market just to go to a big market. What we've seen is superstars text their buddies and talk to them, and then two of them go to a team together, whether that's a big market or not. Um, I would argue that a big market every time. Though. Yeah, yeah. I would argue that Brooklyn's not even a big market. Um, but if it but was, yeah, a city, it would be the third city, largest city in the United States. It has more people in it than Chicago. Okay, then I then I guess I'd be wrong. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, they just they don't seem like one of those marquees like Miami, L.A. Uh, the Clippers. I, I would say the Clippers aren't a big market. They're in L.A., but they're not. They're not a big like market team, if that makes sense. I don't know. Maybe it's just maybe it's branding. But don't what we've seen more than much. anything else is players get together and go to a team together. And Luca's there. Like I I have a, a lot more confidence in Luca being able to attract somebody to that team than I do a big market. He's so infectious, dude. I think people love the way that dude plays. Maybe not Montrezl Harrell, but everybody else really really likes the way that guy plays. Um, yeah, you you. Yeah. Oh, don't get me started on Montrez. I had to, uh, I yeah, had to throw not, that in there. Let's great. let's not go down that rabbit yeah. hole, please. Um, um, but overall, but, oh, good. Sorry, Josh. If they if they pick up Fred Van Vliet or another top tier um, free agent, See, I'm not, dude, I'm not I'm, I'm, Van Vliet a top tier free agent. He's a tier two, like he's a third option, but it's not Giannis or Bradley Beal. I, you could sell me on that. And see, I think you guys are speaking logically as like basketball heads, right? I'm thinking from like a like a PTSD Mavs fan, like I want to protect myself from thinking we're going to get a top 20 player. So now I I basically laid it out where I'm like, Hey, if we sign and and this is actually, we could sign these three guys this year. Think about how much better this team would make us. And this is equivalent to a max deal for what these guys are asking. It's about 30 to 35 mil for the three. We could sign Dragic, Danny green and Jeremy grant this year who are all available and non-restricted super underrated. He Actually, Jeremy Grant's the best out of that out of that group, and he helps the Mavs a lot. But Dragic yeah. is just your sixth man off the bench to be your your instant offense off the bench. He's your your beret on steroids, right? And uh, we I'm need more white right. European guys. We just don't have enough. Not yet. not nearly enough. Not nearly enough. I heard a great <laughs> conspiracy theory earlier. I don't want to get into this. We'll we'll, get, we'll save this for another show. Actually, I'm I'm going to keep it to myself for now. I'll okay. tell you guys about it later. So I, I think Clippers cl- cl- roll this series the way the rest of the way, and I think they stampede you utah or denver which let's talk about that real quick um denver's been probably the least impressive team in the postseason that i had expectations for i'm not going to throw you know the nets into that conversation i had a lot of expectations for this this denver team i think i've been probably the lowest on them on this podcast in terms of them being just a just a regular season team and not a team that can perform in the postseason. And they're just showing me that again. And that's why I hesitate to say Jokic is a top eight or top 10 guy. And Jamal Murray's dropping 50 bombs and they're, they're, they're down three, two to a depleted Utah team. If Utah had Bogdanovich, they would win this series. Conley hasn't played every game. Um, and let's just say it. Don, I'll tell you, Donovan Mitchell has been the best player on the floor. Not, yeah. not Nikola Jokic. Mm-hmm. And Donovan Mitchell has shown to me, I think Donovan Mitchell is a top, for sure, twenty guy. He might be a top fifteen player right now. I w- 
Yeah, I want to see a season of this. If I see a season of this Donovan Mitchell, then yeah, I'm I might even put him top ten. But uh, one playoff series is, is a little no. early for me. But I, yeah. I I feel you. I don't hate the take. It's just a little early for me. He's top twenty series. for me going into the series. That's fair. Okay. So this this just elevates it because you know, and I think I maybe am more like this than in either of us. Uh, I think Justin's like this too. Is like. Regular season does not matter nearly as much to me as playoffs. And, like, that's mm-hmm. why I'm down on Jokic. Like, I, I've, I see things in Donovan Mitchell that is – there's no fear in that dude. And he, yeah. he, he just makes crucial plays when he needs to. And guys like Jokic, um, guys like C.J. McCollum I noticed this with, uh, Embiid certainly, they just shit the bed in crucial moments of playoff games. And it happens kind of fast and you don't think about it. And you go back and watch the tape, you're like, God, that was terrible with two minutes and 40 seconds left of a tied game in the fourth quarter. Yeah. yeah. He almost, he gives that, Jokic kind of gives that vibe to me almost like Embiid does, where it's maybe a heart issue here as far as just not giving a shit. I mean, the fluctuation in His conditioning like, is equally as bad, I think. So bad, dude. And like, that's. Well, that's he's lost a little shit. weight, so it's been better, but he's he's been less effective. Like, you're seeing Gobert right. really. Body him. Gobert yeah. might be the best matchup for Jokic in the league. For sure. All right. I think so, Utah's going to win the series, though. I'll, I'll say that. They're up 3 2. I don't think Denver has the capability of beating them two games in a row. I, I, I'm starting to question Malone's coaching a bit. Um, I've like watched you know Utah go on ten zero runs like no timeout and it's just like clear on body language you need to you need to stop stop the ball here. Didn't they just extend him too? I'm pretty sure they did. Yeah, I, I actually really like Malone, um, but he him hasn't done it. What? Well, the league just extends you when you get when you get bounced in the first round. Oh yeah, that's true. <laughs> Nate McMillan, Bill, Billy Donovan, yeah, Mike Malone. Hey, great regular seasons. Sell tickets, get your ass beat on national television the first round, we'll get pay you a bunch here. of money. Yeah. That's that's what I'm seeing. That's like the constant theme of the NBA, and it drives me nuts. Yep. Agreed. Uh, do we just have the Lakers series left? Yep. I mean, this uh, hasn't really been a series. Panic after game one for me, straight up. Instant yeah. panic. Oh, yeah. Dude. Everybody was kind of like that, but I mean, I didn't really think there was any reason to panic. I mean, come on. I also wanted KCP to be removed from the team. <laughs> Having a one one and one. He was not scared to shoot. He was zero for nine, but everybody else was playing hot potato and hesitating and shooting and passing it to their dudes. Were catching specifically Green and Caruso kept catching open shots where LeBron hits him in the pocket. You're an NBA player. You catch it in stride. You shoot when you're a guard. You don't pass it and get and you give up a good shot because you're scared if you're going to make it. At least KCP thinks he's going to make it, even though we know he's not. Um, (laughs) But the shooting has been a lot better. Um, AD's obviously been a, a dog the last three games. Uh, triple double in every game, crazy percentages. There's not really a good m- matchup in the West for him. Maybe Gobert, um, but there's just not a good matchup in the West for him. Like Giannis is the best matchup in the league for him, and you know the Clippers are going to struggle with him. Whoever plays, then they're going to struggle. I mean, obviously, if Houston gets through this, they're going to struggle. OKC gets through it. Stephen Adams can't move his feet out 17, 18 feet from the basket, so it's it's a problem. Um, yeah, Nurkic had the best chance of guarding AD in the entire. Nurkic West. is a good one. Yeah, and, like that. And- he made AD uncomfortable in that first game. It's exactly what we talked about in the playoff series in that I said AD cannot motivate himself. He has to have somebody that – or take a bad game or have critics motivate him. Dude, LeBron motivates himself every single time on the floor. Giannis motivates himself every single time on the court. Luka does. And it's the difference between an elite mindset and a I'm a superstar that has all the talent in the world, right. but I'm not making it past the second round even though I've got Drew Holiday on my team. <laughs> 
so wildly specific. That's bad. Yeah, it's I've tough. continuously said AD has to be the best player on this team for them to win a championship. Um, that doesn't mean LeBron doesn't doesn't have to be a top five player in the world. He does, but AD needs to be one or two. Like LeBron, you can't ask a guy that's played fifty five thousand miles to be the best player on your team night in and night out. What you can't ask LeBron no. to be is the um, the backbone of your team and. And yeah, I would say he's been the best leader. Like that's what yeah. you need to ask him yeah, to do. I don't know if he's played better than AD overall because uh, he had the ten point game. Granted, he hardly played any. Dude, when he was pulling up last night as for the fu thirty five footers, like when LeBron James is feeling himself and hitting twenty eight to thirty footers, like it's over, dude. Yeah, it's you're, over. you're not going to beat that team. Yeah. You're you're lighting the red hour back cigar. Like it's over, over, easily. Yeah, yeah. he is leading the playoffs in assists right now. Oh yeah, I mean he set an NBA record in the first game they lost. Like that, that they lost. blew my yeah. fucking mind. Yeah, um, and I just I love I I'm actually at a point I used to the LeBron backlash would make me so just upset. Like I would sweat, I would get angry, I'd be like fuck everyone that doesn't like LeBron. And then if you come at me that day with a bad LeBron take, I'm just gonna like say something really personal to hurt Flash you. Um, I'm at a point <laughs> where it's super fucking funny to me now because like so many headlines of like. LeBron James sets, you know, NBA record for assists in a game. Just can't get it done, though. It's like, how about the three three next best players went 10 for 42 from the field? Are we going to talk about that? Yeah, we Um, have a one, one, and one slash line from a player. I mean, come on. What are we talking about here? I'll say a big takeaway here. I know he has it sometimes, but I'm starting to see it in playoff games, which is when it matters. Kuz is a legit NBA scorer. Like, that dude's a bucket getter, and he can be their third option. When he's an 18 to 20 point third option for them, they're very scary. Yeah, he is far and away the best third option, mostly because Danny Green has played so horribly. KCP is averaging more points than Danny Green, and Danny Green is currently shooting one point in the first game too. So Jesus yeah, Christ, that's tough. Yeah, dude, um, he's he's just not getting it done. Shooting 33 percent from the free throw line, Danny Green is. This is a guy that should be averaging 90 percent from the free throw line. It's horrendous. LeBron is currently averaging 25, 10, and 10. Yep, that's I crazy. Those numbers stay stay around that. Yeah, yeah, I do too. Uh, AD is averaging twenty six nine and a half, and four point three. The big thing for AD is one percentage. and a half steals and two blocks a game. That's that's five possessions right there. Yep. Four yep. possessions. Easily. You know, that's a big deal. Uh, LeBron's averaging one one point three steals. Um, overall, dude, LeBron's uh shooting 55 and 42 from the three-point line dude that's crazy 70 percent. he has never been able to put it together on the free throw line for some no, he's still reason. gonna miss fourth quarter free throws you know who else does that luca luca and his game have a lot to lot in common it just happens with those strong athletic forwards they do so much they're so fucking winded at the end of games because they're doing everything for their everything. team him and lebron touch the ball 70 times a game dude, uh, luca um, might be the worst three-point shooter i've ever been around that feels like an elite three-point shooter yeah, he's like a 31% three-point shooter. Yeah, he's like a low 30s, a isn't he? It's like perpetually thinking you're going to shoot out of it. Fucking matter, dude. I know. Every time you let the ball, I'm like, that's in. But he takes the hardest three-pointers, too. It's not like any of his – none of his are catch-and-shoots. They're all ridiculous, unathletic yeah. step-backs that he right. has to, He looks awkward to get space. Um, we didn't talk about OKC Houston, so that's 2-2. I think that's a really close series. I still had Houston winning in six. I actually still think they win in six. I think they figure this out. I'm not concerned. Same. Um, and I think Houston, when they get hot, can really challenge a lot of teams, and that can happen at any given night. If they play the Lakers, it'll be interesting, though, because the Lakers, especially if they run out that Dwight Howard AD front court, and then the Houston's just doing that small ball. I mean, that's the two antithesis of styles in the NBA right now, where the Lakers are playing a much more classic version. 
I'm intrigued by that. So I hope Houston gets gets by because I, I want to see that matchup and I want to see Harden go against AD and LeBron. Like I'm in on a series with three of the six best players. That'd be fun for sure. All right. Well, we're going to wrap things up. Great catching up with you guys. Basketball has been a blast so far. Yes, we're going to be back here and we're going to try to do these a little bit more often now that I'm back and we can kind of get a little more steady roll on these and we know a little bit more throughout the playoffs. Um, but yeah, we'll be back here in just a few days and we'll we'll see how everything ends up and hopefully into the first few games of the next series. Fellas? Sounds good, man. Looking forward to it. Glad you're back. Yep. Later, fellas. See you later. Guys.